The following is a presentation of the Six Arrows Radio Network. It's Ham Radio 360 Podcast. We're going to learn about the worldwide flora and fauna, also known as Parks on the Air, coming up. MTCRadio.com presents Ham Radio 360, the podcast. Brought to you by Ellacraft. Now, here's your host, Kel Nelson, K4CDN. So welcome into number 72. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah. Wow. Wow. 72 episodes, not counting workbench is, oh man, are you kidding? I'm K4CDN. I host this thing called Ham Radio 360. We've been going about three years or so. And if this is your very first time in, thank you very much. I won't waste your time talking about how great I am. I will tell you that I have the best audience in the world. And here toward the end of the show, we're going to talk about some of our audience members. So stick around if you're interested in that. This podcast is about amateur radio, all things amateur radio. We look at it from every direction, hence the 360 in the name. I've been doing this for about three years. Like I said, I've been licensed for about five. I'm a general class licensee here in South Carolina and spent some time in radio, FM radio, and really wanted to keep the thing going. So I've started podcasting. And uh, speaking of podcasting, I'm actually going to Florida at the end of this week, going down for PodFest 17. It's a multimedia expo, and it's a podcasting conference where people from all over the country, even some international guests, will be there. I've been invited to come in and be a part of a, uh, a forum discussion about building a network, which, of course, I am right in the middle of doing. So if you guys miss me on Twitter or Facebook later in the week or wonder where Kel went, Kel is in Florida talking podcasting with some of his buddies down there. I'm really excited about it. Kim Blanchard's going to be there, Dave Jackson, both my podcasting mentors. I'm totally stoked about that. So enough of that. But uh, just wanted to share that with you. That's what's going on kind of behind the scenes, right? It's, it's a lot of fun. Really excited. Uh, maybe a little nervous. It's kind of been a long time since I've spoken uh, in a conference setting like that. So we'll see what happens. And if I've got anything to bring back and share with you, you can guarantee we'll have it here on Ham Radio 360. Main Trading Company has everything you need regarding Kenwood Amateur Radio gear from single band handy talkies to the flagship TS-990. Everything in between, and it's always on sale. Free shipping on most orders over $100. Visit Main Trading Company at mtcradio.com for all the best deals on Kenwood gear. We get messages, we get emails, we get tweets, all this great stuff from you guys. And we love it, by the way. Please, don't stop. Because, and we're going to talk about some of the emails we've received here lately at the end of the show, so stick around for that. But one kind of stuck out because we're always looking for show ideas. You know, it's, it's really cool to have a show, but it's awesome when your show is connecting with your audience. And especially like when your audience is asking you to learn stuff for them or learn stuff with them. So I got an email the other day that says, Kale, I don't understand this WWFF Parks on the Air thing. Can you find some to connect with to help us all understand what this is. So yeah, I did. I sent an email. I got uh, got transferred from uh, over in the UK back to the US. A guy named Jason Johnson. He's coming up here with us. His call is Whiskey 3 Alpha Alpha X-Ray. And we want to welcome him in to Ham Radio 360 Podcast. Oh, no problem at all. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you because I've, I've got a lot of questions for you. And I hope that you're going to be like Radio Shack back when I was there. Hope you're going to have a lot of answers for me. But first, I, I just want to remind people that, uh, you know, hams come from all walks of life. You know, some of us have, have been doing this for a very long time. Some of us, just like we heard a few weeks ago, brand new into the hobby. Uh, can you give us just a taste, Jason, about your time in amateur radio? Sure. Um, I was lucky enough. Uh, my father was always into CB radio and shortwave listening. He had an old school cool console this is back in about 1980 i was five and um i'd like to play around with it listen to japan or germany if you know the propagation was good at the time and uh, but i didn't know anything about transmitting until recently uh i'm a newer ham actually was uh, licensed first december in 2013 and uh got my general in april uh the following year in 2014 and uh don't have a lot of time because i am married and have a seven-year-old and work full-time but i'm Debating on getting the uh, extra here pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, everybody knows that uh, Kale has a parcel of kids, and some of them are studying along with the wife, which is kind of exciting. Uh, ha- have you been able to convince your wife to get her license? No, unfortunately, she's the uh, XYL that really does not have any interest in radio, uh, other than the emergency aspects of it. Yeah. I, I showed her my two meter rig and sold her, you know, 
under no circumstances talk on it unless it's an absolute emergency. If you need to get in hold of me, you can find me on this frequency, but yeah. you know, that's about it. Well, you know, a lot of us probably don't even spend time doing that with our wives because we're just like, we're, we're probably either so into it that she hates it or on the other side, she just thinks we're a complete idiot because we're spending time talking to strangers instead of her. I get that a <laughs> yeah, lot. I'm, gl- I'm glad she tolerates my antennas in the backyard. We'll yeah. just put it that way. <laughs> well, it's really cool because you, your story seems kind of similar to mine. Just had an affinity for radio and you finally turned it into amateur radio. So congratulations and good luck on your, your upgrade there. I appreciate it. I'm excited. I'm, I'm really into um, at-home operations and definitely portable. Well, that's what we're here to talk about is, is operating. And we're, we're specifically going to talk tonight about the Worldwide Flora and Fauna, also known as Parks on the Air. Now, I will probably missay that because my dyslexia will turn something around later in the show. If I do, go ahead. I'm sorry in advance. But uh, I'm, I'm really curious about this because I was following Stuart, our buddy KB1HQS, and the uh, the Facebook group for the National Parks on the Air. Sean Cutsko and the guys did it up just tremendously awesome through 2016. And, and sometime in that process, I saw this WWFF show up. Uh, when exactly did this organization form? The original organization formed from Russia, uh, surprisingly, in 1993. It's wow. actually an older organization. And um, the problem was, though, over time, they uh, had awards created and started to charge for set awards. But unfortunately, we're not getting them actually out to the public. So a lot of the uh, the coordinators decided to break away uh, them being from Europe and Australia primarily and start the new Worldwide Forum Fauna group in 2012 so that that version of it started in 2012 okay wow so i'm just kind of curious how did i miss that and and maybe maybe just the activity for the national parks on the air might have kind of spurred more interest in it here as uh, maybe that was winding down or something people were looking for something additionally to do possibly yeah, what happened was I, I was one of the activators that got the bug of uh, loving to go out and uh, activate all the parks here in the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area. And uh, luckily, uh, in March, uh, surprisingly, it was right after the uh, National Parks in the Air program started, uh, Danny, uh, he's a Belgian, he is uh, called as Oscar November for Victor Tango. He uh, contacted me and said, I noticed you're really active in uh, National Parks on the Air. Have you ever heard of World Wide Forum Fauna? And I said, no, but it sounds interesting. He's like, well, we've had a gentleman uh, in the past running it, but it never really had a lot of traction. It's very popular in Europe and Australia. Uh, would you be interested in maybe trying to get it going over there? And I thought, well, this is actually perfect timing because not only do I love the program, I knew it was going to end in 2016, even though, of course, ARRL, they'll, they'll skip a year and have another program of some sort like the Centennial um, or something like it. Yeah. But it, I loved it so much, I, you know, I thought, I hate to see this die. It's just, it'd be so sad. Um, and I loved soda before that. I, I, in 2014, I was a, very into soda and did a lot of mountains, got 100 points here in Whiskey 3 area. Nice. And uh, so I, I thought, well, what do I need to do to get this momentum going and keep it, you know, keep it going? So I thought, well, let's do a website. Let's get some maps going on. Right. Let's, you know, get community going and, and just build the uh, the house. And, and, you know, if you build it, they will come, basically, is my mentality. <laughs> well, that, that's awesome. Let me ask you this. Um, since you did participate in Napota, uh, were you able to bring a lot of those people who were activating and chasing have they kind of merged over since that has uh, passed on yes and i want to also uh, agree with you on uh, sean and norm uh, thank goodness they were uh, from the rrls thank goodness they uh, <laughs> had this program started it and uh, and did a great job organizing it outstanding work and uh luckily a lot of the activators and chasers over time especially when it started i didn't want to step on interfere uh, yeah, interfere step on on the national Parks and Air's toes, but toward the end, toward November, December, I thought, you know, maybe it's time to let people know, hey, if you're interested and you're enjoying the program, you don't necessarily have to quit. Um, even, and I had a feeling that, because I asked Sean and Norm kind of about it behind the scenes, um, if they were going to keep things going, because I didn't want to be a thorn in their side either, if, yeah. you know, trying to get people away from the program, if they were going to be able to keep it going. But they let me know that, you know, 
for budget reasons and resources that they weren't going to be able to do that. But they had, you know, a big thing coming in a, in a couple of years. So I'm right. like, oh, okay, well, well, we'll keep, you know, definitely be involved with that. But I'm thinking, well, maybe I can keep this going. So, um, yeah, in November and December is when I thought, well, this is the best time to approach uh, activators and chasers to see if they'd be interested in trying out the program. It's very similar. The only thing that's different really is that we don't have the uh, QSL matching system like you know Logbook of the World. Yeah. It's a very complex system, and credit to Norm for, for running it. It's uh, But we do have a thing called Log Search, which basically stores the activator's uh, QSOs and bases awards and information off of that that we get sent in um, based off of the uh, call area I've got zero through nine uh, regional managers for that area and they'll send the logs to those guys and they'll upload them into the system and then I get automatic notifications based on awards uh, that let's say you know we have a award that where you, you get seven different states you'll get an award for that and I'll get that notification via email and I'll send it to you uh, as a PDF and it's free yeah. so you don't have to worry about any charges or anything like that well that's really cool because you, you touched on something there uh, a lot of people don't realize a lot of hams, a lot of people just in life in general don't realize what it takes to put something on like National Parks on the Air, like Parks on the Air, like Ham Radio 360 Podcast. You know, there's just a lot of work in the background people never consider. So you touched on it real quickly there. You said you had uh, had folks, coordinators all through the U.S. and all nine or all ten, rather, of the uh, the, the areas. Um how does that work? Did people just volunteer, raise their hand, want to be involved, or how, how did you swing some help? Because help is hard to find. Very true. Uh, luckily, I was able to keep up with throughout the year, even though we were growing every month, uh, hundreds of new users uh, that stay with the program. I was doing it all myself, uh, uploading all the logs, and I got to the point where, wow, you know, I, I just can't do this by myself anymore. And thankfully, uh, Danny talked to me about building a Facebook group just for Parks on the Air itself, and I thought, that's a good idea. And after a time, I noticed um, – Certain people were more active, of course, than others, and, and especially with activating. And um, so I just put a feeler out on the on the um, Facebook page and asked, hey, if you're interested in uploading logs and being in charge of the regional area as far as maybe uploading new parks, uh, proposing new parks to, for the program, we're just focused on national and state-run areas right now. Mm-hmm. That may change in the future, but we're you know we already have 3,400 plus entities in America and. Uh, islands and even antarctica that that count for our program so well well, like i said good good help is hard to find and and i've been i've been really blessed with some great help around here so congratulations to you and and thank you for the folks who have stepped up and are helping helping jason out here it's no small job to keep up with hams and and we saw with the national parks on the air i mean some of them get kind of kind of frisky when they don't have their logs put up in 30 minutes after the inactivation or, um, you know, not being recognized for their awards quick enough. So just be patient, people, if you're participating, which we want to encourage you to do, by the way. That's why we're having Jason on here. We want you to uh, participate in this Parks on the Air. I about said it wrong. It's the uh, the Worldwide Flora and Fauna. This is also known as KFF. It's most easily said Parks on the Air North America. And we've got Whiskey 3 Alpha Alpha X-Ray. Jason Johnson on with us. And... Um, I didn't realize that you were up near the uh, up near the uh, nation's capital, and and you you did have a lot to choose from when you were doing the national parks on the air. Uh, you said thirty. Did you say thirty four hundred entries, or was it thirty four thousand for the parks on the air? It's thirty four hundred okay. at this point. Um, I tried to focus first on getting all the entities from the National Parks on the Air program into ours, so it was an easier, easier segue for people to come over and work. Yeah. And um, then I thought, well, what, what are, what's missing from this program to make it even better? And of course, you know, in, in Europe they have a, a law called every man's right, which means you, there are no trespassing issues that you have to worry about when you're walking around. Yeah. Over here, of course, if it's not federal or state land you got to be careful about where you go uh so i thought well let's do state parks on the air as well i mm-hmm. knew there was some states that were having um uh like michigan's going to be having a program here i think around april uh not an official date yet but that's coming uh missouri has a centennial they're celebrating this year with a passport program like uh national parks on the air did and uh, ohio and florida and texas they all have these state parks on the air programs and i thought well maybe i can 
give them all a vehicle to track their awards and progress and, and yeah. consolidate that effort into uh, the you know a, a good machine for them to to use. So that's where that came from. So th- this is more radio sport in in the in the vein of going out and doing an activation and being being noticed, being recognized, being uh, chased, if you will, by other amateurs. But it's not like it happens every Saturday uh, at UTC 800 or anything to, to mess up the guys that are on 40 and 80 talking to each other you know, every week. I mean, it's just, this is something that someone does at their leisure. Exactly. It's it's meant to be a permanent program with no pressure. It, it was the funny thing. I got a lot of people that were happy that this wasn't a just a year long, you know, project or even one of those uh, events where it only lasted for a week or two. And um, some people get turned off by the idea that they have, you know, they feel pressured to go and operate at thirty sites before, you know, a certain period of time. Yeah. So this is more for you know. I think of it kind of like fishing for people. I want to go out to a nice area, cast my line being my antenna out and seeing what happens. And sometimes I have really good days where I get 200 QSOs in a, an hour <laughs> or two. And sometimes, you know, I have to fight for just four. Yeah. It depends on that propagation and the K level and all that stuff. So, Well, I'm, I'm looking at your Facebook group here, and uh, I, I recognize everyone's face. There's Stuart. Th- this is just the pictures of the members that I'm seeing. I see Stuart, KB1HQS. There's John Micklore. Uh, we got uh, John. I can't remember John's last name, but it begins with the letter C, and he wears a nice hat in his picture. There's Amanda. There's uh, Gregory and David as well. Uh, these people I recognize, man, from the National Parks on the Air event that just finished up, which is really cool. It's so neat to see those people come over, as well as I recognize some of them from doing soda activations. And this this whole WW, or, yeah, WWFF parks on the air you're kind of just putting them all together and giving people the opportunity to go out and get on the air exactly i had a, such a good time with soda um the program some on the air from england and uh, I, I was surprised that there wasn't more programs like that in america uh and when awrl did national parks on the air i thought well this is a you know perfect program it's too bad it, it doesn't last forever and uh, since the worldwide foreign fauna was already in an international vehicle that has you know Tons of countries involved with it, from Israel to Japan um, to Brazil. Why not? You know, go ahead and keep that going. Nice, nice stuff. Well, we're going to continue talking with Jason Johnson. His call is Whiskey Three Alpha Alpha X Ray. He's from the Parks on the Air North America Worldwide Flora and Fauna. We're going to keep this going here on Ham Radio Three Hundred and Sixty Podcast. You may have noticed a trend through the last couple of shows. We've talked about national parks on the air. We've talked about parks on the air. We've talked about summits on the air. And what do all these activators have in common? That's right, Ellacraft. Hands-on ham radio, ellacraft.com. If you're looking for something for your shack, if you need something for your portable work, go check out ellacraft.com. Back with Jason, we're discussing the Parks on the Air, found at parksontheair.com. And uh, Jason, we've talked a little bit about what it is, but uh, a lot of people want to know what to take with them, how to, uh, how to activate a park. What, what's all involved there? Uh, sure. If, uh, if I'm going to a park, usually I'll go QRP first. If it's uh, something I'm trying to do quickly, I'll take the uh, Ellicraft KX3 out there and uh, my Alex loop, uh, which is a small magnetic loop antenna set up in uh, – Get in and get out. It's pretty easy, lightweight. It's uh, really good if you're doing uh, soda at the same time. There's a lot of places you can do soda and parks in there at the same time, and it counts for both. Um, if I'm going in the vehicle and I want to get a little more power, QRO, 100 watts, then I'll use an eight, Yaesu 857 or a, a Kenwood TS50. And uh, I've got a super antenna that I use if I'm going to a site that I can't use the vehicle, like uh, Theodore Roosevelt Island's a good uh, example of that. Um, but if I can use the vehicle, then I'll use my uh, little Tar Heel 2 uh, screwdriver antenna that I got that's uh, ready for 100 watts. So really, it's it's putting me right back in the mind of Stuart sitting at the Cal Penns National Battlefield. Uh, he's there in the car making contacts from inside the car. It's not one of those things that people expect you to go find a picnic table. You just need to be at the park and uh, make the contacts. 
Exactly, and there's there's not a set rule whether I know in Soda they say you cannot use uh, or be attached to any vehicles. Right. With our program, I wanted to be really flexible. So if you you know were wheelchair bound and you want to be able to operate, you can do that from you know either vehicle or a park bench. Mm-hmm. If you want to be maritime mobile, you can even do it in our program. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, also uh, I have the uh, radar uh, rapid deployment awards that are new, and a lot of people like to do pedestrian mobile for that. So if you ha- can hook up an antenna to your backpack and just walk around and use your uh, radio mobile walking around, then uh, you can do that as well. So awesome. the options are there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Now tell me a little bit about uh, how you kind of get the uh, the parks picked out, where you want to go, how you want to do those sorts of things. Is there something online we can look at to determine where we're going? Uh, sure. And one last thing about uh, power as well, sure. uh, battery. If you're doing um, you know, a QRP, uh, I definitely recommend looking at the Zippy Flight Max 5000 mAh uh, battery. So you can get them th- either through Amazon or HobbyKeen. There's also a, a lithium phosphate battery I like if I'm doing a QRO 100 watts. That's uh, from BioNO Power, a pretty good company for that as well. Oh, yeah. um, regarding the maps, if you go to the parksontheair.com site, You'll see the first uh, in the green banner, you'll see massive entities. And there's two ways you can look at it. Either first, if you just want to get kind of an uh, overview of the land, click on map, and you can zoom in and out all over from Alaska down to Antarctica and see all the possible parks. There's literally um, 3,482 entries right now that you can actually activate or chase. Um, if you are in an area like, let's say you're a traveler, you're you know traveling for work, and you just want to hit a park on the side just for fun, if you go to the Maps of Entities at the top and go to Activator Locator, you can actually have it scan your area, and the default is 25 miles, and you can change the default from 5 miles to 100 miles, but see all the parks in your area from wherever you are. You just have to make sure that your location services are turned on in your browser, and it'll prompt you to allow... Uh, it defined you but once that happens you can actually see all the parks and you can actually click on one of the entries and uh, it'll give you directions on how to get there by uh, car or walking so now that's really cool because you've got people that travel with their radios uh john pugliano has been on talking about that before uh you take your you take your rig on a vacation with you and you're like oh i'm tired of sitting here watching reruns on discovery channel you can just type that right in and go find a park right where you are no matter if you're from there or not Correct. And uh, there's also a lot of – funny that you mentioned uh, the, the activations. I've got a lot of questions regarding time limits lately. Uh, there are no time limits. Like you can activate as many parks as you want in one day. You don't have to wait any you know time limit. Mm-hmm. You don't have to uh, worry about any of that. It's uh, very laid back. The rules are uh, really easy to follow. You just have to be within the borders of the park. Try to get at least 10 QSOs if you can, and uh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, we need to remind folks to ask permission if there's someone there to ask, right? We just don't walk in and start slinging stuff around. Right. If if it's an, a, a park I have not done before, I'll definitely do my research. Like, I'll go to the um, Internet and look up the park uh, official website and see what it takes to get in. Uh, kind of a funny quick story. I was going to do one called Franklin Point State Park here in Maryland. I thought, well, I better you know do some recon before I even get down there. I'm glad I did because if you go to the site and look at it, you actually have to have a combination to get into the park. It's a newer one that has a lock on it. And uh, ironically, uh, I'm not sure what people do if they just go down there and, and not look, but you have to get the gate combination you know, request. There's a request form on their website. You have to ask for it, and they'll give it to you. It's free to go, but uh, without that combination, you can't get in. So it's it almost like a is... geocache kind of. A... <laughs> it's like yeah, a, where's Carmen San Diego for ham radio? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but and, I mean, it's also good, like especially at a place like Theodore Roosevelt Island that you can't drive a vehicle, mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of runners that run around there. Mm-hmm. I just like to give the ranger a heads up that I'm coming. I'm just going to be there for a couple hours. So I have like. Only a four to five foot, you know, footprint. Yeah. If I'm using the Alex Loop, if I'm doing the super antenna, have the radials out, then I, which I had done there before, uh, I'll ask for like about a forty foot footprint, and mm-hmm. as long as you tell them, give them heads up. I, I've never had a problem with uh, getting permission to activate a because it's federal and state land. That's why I try to focus on this, um, the federal and state parks. Uh, even though Europe has the Everman's right where you can go anywhere. And uh, don't have to worry about no trespassing. I definitely emphasize 
uh, letting them know what's going on. So yeah, yeah, well, very good, very good. Uh, you mentioned your KX3 that you take with you portable. Uh, when you're at home, because I know that you you don't always activate. You're also doing some chasing, some hunting. Uh, what do you use at home? Just curious. everybody loves gear. So tell us about your gear. Uh, well, it's funny. Uh, like I said, I got the AC uh, A57 in the mobile. I've got the TS50 Kenwood I use on the side sometimes. But at home, I still use my KX3. I've got a daisy changed with a uh, KXPA uh, 100 amp, which also drives a KPA 500 amp, and uh, I use that from my regular rig. So it's very versatile. Right. Uh, I love their products. So I, I'm I'm definitely big on the Elkcraft uh, wagon. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, great stuff from them. Absolutely. Tell me uh, if if this is something that that I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, wow, this is something I really want to do. Uh, all I can afford to to do is a uh, three dollar Pixie forty uh, meter CW transceiver. Am I going to make any contacts? Uh, do, do do we have folks activating parks with the digital modes? Definitely, I've actually done them myself. Uh, PSK thirty one Thor. Um, let me think. Contestia, Feldhell, I like them all. Uh, and they're also available in the program to be specific uh, where it will accept the logs now. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, originally I had a guy that was using Thor and it wasn't in the system, but I had uh, my counterpart in uh, Britain add it to the uh, log search vehicle so we could actually keep track of those contacts. So uh, any mode is, is, is acceptable. And if there's an issue with anything, let me know and I'll be happy to, to add it to the system so we can get in there for you. Yeah, you know, uh, National Parks on the saw kind of a resurgence for people trying to get out and activate and learning Morse code CW so they can do better or greater activations and maybe get the contacts they couldn't get with voice. Have you noticed the same thing with uh, parks on the air? Do you have a lot of CW ops or folks coming into the parks on the air learning CW? Definitely. And it's funny, uh, there's a guy that uh, is very active in our program that's always looking for CW operators. He's very into it, and as there are others as well. So we're, we're definitely up for getting as many CW operators involved as we can. Uh, the funny thing about it is it's probably the best mode to use when you're mobile because uh, it takes the least amount of bandwidth uh, next to something like maybe JG65 or JT9. Mm-hmm. But uh, it doesn't take the time that those long-duty cycle modes take. So if you uh, even if, if, even if, if you don't know the code, you can also use a computer to actually send out uh, CW if you use FLDigi or another pro- um, program like that. Um, so there's not really any excuse not to do it. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely a, a lot of more efficient when it comes to power. You don't only need maybe 5 to 10 watts to get out with, you know, with a CW and get heard around the world, nice. so it's um, it's it's definitely something I emphasize to try. Uh, I'm I'm more of a phone guy than anything else, probably, but only because of convenience. I, I had to switch things around on the radio to do CW or digital modes. I enjoy them, but um, I'm definitely uh, wish I was started with CW because it's so easier to get out and get heard and hear other people with that versus phone in in some digital modes. You know, I wonder sometimes if the league isn't plotting in the background saying, we can do these things and make it tougher on the guys to get contacts and maybe encourage more CW ops. I I need to ask that question next time I talk to Sean, if there's some some underlying things there we're unaware. I'm just kidding, really. I'm... I'm (laughs) But yeah, it, you know it's kind of funny too because when I came in, of course I'm a I'm a no you know a, a no code general I guess you call me. But when I got licensed, uh, the argument was still going on. I'm sure it still rages today. But it's so funny to me because I have a desire to learn CW. Now I, that doesn't mean that I have implemented that, but it's it's really cool to hear folks who are getting on the air, learning it themselves, and putting it into place during contesting are things like this parks on the year. So congratulations if you guys are out there getting it done. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm happy about it as well. I'm, I'm getting my extra soon. And I'm my, one of my goals is definitely to be more um, less of using the computer as a crutch to do CW. It's funny because I, I hear a lot of the characters and I can pull them out pretty easy. It's just some of the characters are not used as much. Mm. Um, that those are the ones that are tougher to get in, right. you know, hold of. But it's a, uh, it's it's you know, it just takes practice. It's like learning an instrument. It just takes rhythm and timing, and 
you'll get the hang of it. It's just a lot of practice involved yeah. with it. Yeah. So there you go. Get on the CW train. Okay, we're going to come back here in just a couple of minutes with Jason. We're talking Parks on the Air, found online at parksontheair.com. It's part of the Worldwide Flora and Fauna. We'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to the Ham Radio 360 podcast. ICOM was in the news again this week with a new release, a 4100, ID4100 D-Star rig. Kind of looks like the old 888H, but uh, hey, it's brand new. It's got some really cool stuff on the inside, and we're excited to see what's happening with it. Of course, you can find all of the ICOM gear down at mtcradio.com. Let Richard and Christine know that you heard about them here on the show and tell them that you want the best prices on ICOM radios at mtcradio.com. With Jason Whiskey Three Alpha Alpha X Ray, and Jason does run the Parks on the Air North America. You can find them on Parks, find them online, I guess I should say, at ParksOnTheAir dot com. Jason, uh, curious about the awards and the reporting, the logs and whatnot. When I say reporting, I'm talking about turning my logs in when I get home from an activation. Um, and I'll just be very, very transparent here. There are a couple of reasons I decided not to activate any of the three national parks that were in a one-hour driving distance from me this year, this past year. Uh, primarily, uh, I didn't want to take the time to get on Logbook of the World. Uh, okay, I said it out loud. You can send the hate mail to Kel at hamradio360.com. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not afraid. Uh, secondly, uh, what really turned me off were some of the people who just got themselves all worked up because the activation had been over for 30 minutes and the logs hadn't been uploaded yet. That just really bugged me. It bugged me enough that it prevented me from participating in the event. So I'm curious, um, but because I know this isn't a timed event and it's not like somebody's going to win, you know, walk out being the number one winner because it's been going on since 1993 or, or whatnot, you know, overseas. So tell me, like, if I go out and activate a park, I find one on the website, I go activate the park, I, I get my uh, my 10 contacts, and I come back home, then what do I do with them? Well, I promise you this will be the easiest upload you'll ever have to do. All right. I like easy. <laughs> uh, first step is to go to the parksontheair.com site, and uh, let's say we'll just base it off your call sign. That's what we use for the original managers that are listed there. Okay. Uh, you're K4, correct? That's correct. So, Right now, if you go to the site under regional managers, you'll see that W1TEF Tom Francis uploads logs for that group. So all you have to do is send your log in ADIF format, which is your typical export of any Radio Ham Deluxe or you know whatever program you like to use. In one mm ex- any of those. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Just send that your log in ADIF format to uh, Tom, and he actually does the upload for you, and that's it. You don't have to do any certificates or any. Thing, you know, out the out of the ordinary, you just send your log in. He looks at it, makes sure that the KFF number is correct, that your QSOs are showing up, and he'll let you know if there's any errors or anything wrong with it. But uh, and thankfully, uh, I know you were mentioning about people being upset about the logs. I, even when I was doing them all by myself, I was lucky enough not to hear a lot of um, commotion about, oh, you know, I, I sent it to you two days ago and it's still not in the system right. kind of stuff. I, I usually can get with, into it. it, it Within a couple of days, uh, my longest has probably been three or four if I was sick or something. Yeah. But um, typically, these guys are pretty quick. And I chose to do nine people because uh, it's just easier to deal with when you have one guy just doing a few logs here and there versus right. one guy doing them all. But oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I imagine. not a lot of complaints. Uh, thankfully, not a lot of complaints on, on the time or anything. So it's I think the without having the time constraints and the pressure, I think makes this a lot more laid back than your other type of radio sport contest, contest type. yeah yeah well that's cool i mean it, that was just i don't think i've even said that on the air necessarily out loud but since it's over with and done that's why you never heard me activate so I, and i did go see Stuart. he was he was here in south carolina I got to hang out with him at the uh at the Calpins park which was really cool my kids and i came up and we got ct dog and we had a good good visit with Stuart. but but that was it i just couldn't i, I just didn't want to deal with that you know, five kids and a podcast and a and a wife of eighteen years is plenty of pressure on a man. So, you know, just oh yeah, that was I just chose not to participate. So that's just Kale's little vent there. But I'm glad to get it off my chest. I feel much better now, and I'm also encouraged at uh, how you guys are doing it. And you know, it almost sound, it almost seems like you're cheating uh, when you go out and activate, and all you have to do is just basically write it down and mail it to someone else and and let them do it for you. Um, 
do you anticipate having to bring on more folks in that that fashion as this thing grows throughout the year you're coming here not in america it's actually a it's not very taxing dealing with the uh, wards or the logs right now with yeah. with the help that I got. Uh, well, if we do branch off, and I am looking for a Canadian coordinator for VF, uh, VEFF. So if you know any Canadians that want to start a program similar to this one, let me know. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, XEFF, I'd love to get this in Mexico. So uh, that might take some work, but yet that's why we have national coordinators so they can do their own you know, mapping system, their own mm-hmm. website, get their own coordinators and branch it off from there. So. Mm-hmm. You know, we have listeners all over the country, all over the planet. So if you're listening and you want to participate, uh, Jason, real quick, what's the uh, what's a really good, easy way to connect with you if someone says, hey, that's me, I want that job? Either just send me an email direct at W3AX, I'm sorry, Whiskey3AlphaAlphaXray at Outlook.com or uh, just go to the open uh, public group Facebook page for uh, Parks on the Air and uh, you can post it there as well either way. Yeah, and if you put parks on the air in the in the Facebook search bar, bing, there it is. Hey, I know that uh, I followed, like I said, uh, Stuart and a couple of other chasers around, or other activators around with Napota, and, and it was a lot of fun because Facebook was crazy, but Twitter was busy as well. Do you have some activators on Twitter? Do you guys, are, are you participating there, or is it more of just the Facebook group right now? I did start, uh, I did create basically a Poda Spots Twitter account, and I've been looking into trying to use RSS feeds to feed that information where people can follow it. Yeah. Uh, it, it hasn't really gone anywhere just yet. Uh, it could be something to use in the future. Right. Um, with the uh, Facebook page, the DX cluster, and of course, everyone uses dxwatch.com uh, for parks and and whatnot so there's a lot of ways to get your message out there but i'm not opposed to using it in the future if we can figure out a way to to get it to work better cool cool yeah well that's that's kind of my favorite social media i guess you could say but uh but but i'm on facebook as well because of the program and and we have a really good community and and it looks like yours is continuing to grow here it's uh parks on the air folks just go to uh facebook.com type in parks on the air and you're there and and let me say this too because i have some people say i'm not on facebook well i wasn't on facebook until 2014 but you can utilize it without being a member of facebook Uh, you can just go in and look around so uh don't let it scare you you know it's out there free to use and that's why I made it a public group, too, so you didn't have to commit to joining anything. You can see what you want to see without actually, you know, being a, a full-fledged member of, of it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So so I go out, I take the uh, take the KX2 out to the park, throw the pack 10 in the tree, make my 10 contacts, come home, push the email through uh, whatever logging software I want to use, and I send it to Tom because I think you said Tom was my guy, right? And, Correct. Uh, I, I get it to Tom and, and let Tom turn it in. Uh, how long, just a couple of days probably passes between he gets it and it gets posted. What happens after that? Can I go see it somewhere that, hey, I activated that park and these are my contacts? Uh, how, how does that work? You sure can. Uh, there's a nice uh, top operator section if you uh, are logged in. and you, If you need to help you know, registering on my site, I have a link to how to register on parksontheair.com as well with their uh, Worldwide Forum Fauna system. Once you're logged into their website, you go up to the top where it says Log Search. You put your cursor, hover over there, and you'll see Top Operators. If you click on that, it'll give you all programs, all time, the top activators, and the top hunters. And if you want to fine-tune it, you can select all programs and tweak it down to uh, KFF, and it'll actually give you the list of all the Americans and that will show you your stats there. If you want to see more of you know, what parks have already activated, that type of information, you just click on log search at the top. And you'll put your call sign in. And you can pick either search based off of being a hunter or an activator. And it'll give you stats. Once you click on references, it'll give you the stats of all the parks you've activated, how many QSOs you've had. Uh, you can track your awards that way. There's a, a really a lot to it, but it's it's easy to, to see once you log into the system. Nice. And, 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 folks, this is national and state parks that we're discussing here for the U.S. Now, around the world, wherever you may be listening, uh, it may be different, but you can still visit the, uh, the big page, which is www.charlieoscar. Is that correct? 
That's correct. Okay. And if you go to the top, go to awards and programs and go to national awards, you'll see all the national programs we have from Israel to Cyprus, Ireland, Hungary, Bulgaria, India, New Zealand. There's a ton of countries that are already taking part in the system. And it's, it's really cool because as fun as National Parks on the air was, it was an American thing. You know, it was the United States of America, these United States. Uh, th- this is worldwide. So you may be a hunter in the U.S. now chasing up a, a national park in Israel or Cyprus, like you said. So tell us a little bit about hunters because uh, we, we call them chasers in Soda and Napota. Why, is there, why did you pick a different name? I'm not saying I don't like it because I really do, being a hunter myself. Uh, but uh, tell us tell us what a hunter does. We've, we've talked about activating. Now, what does a hunter do? It's the same as a chaser, just a different name, basically. The guy mm-hmm. at home that's got his, you know, 1500 watts and you're trying to hear that qrp station out there on a <laughs> in the middle of nowhere and uh, trying to uh, get a QSO. but uh i think the reason is is that uh worldwide flora and fauna is big on um promoting conservation ah. protecting the planet that's why we use 73 and 44 when we say goodbye to each other 73 of course is your typical best wishes mm-hmm. you know thanks for the QSO. 44 meaning four elements Fire, earth, earth, water, and air, and the four directions, north, south, east, and west. It has more of a conservation feel to the program. It's uh, So we, we think of, of chasers as actual hunters. I'm hunting down that activator in the park. You know, right, it's right. kind of easy in the fisherman's analogy a lot, but it's also, you know, the guy that's hunting down the, the deer. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, it's yeah, the, safa- the guy on safari, radio safari. It's, it, you know, and hunting is a very important aspect. A lot of people, you know, don't even think about it. But if if it wasn't for hunting, a lot of the uh, populations would be a, a problem with a lot of the animals. So yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. It's it's great for conservation for sure. Uh, we've got we've got activators. We've got hunters. We've got SWL listeners. I mean, it sounds like you've got all that you need going here for a great way to not have a not have a, a timed contest, but something that we can continue in, to enjoy throughout the years as we progress here with parks on the air. And I, I just, you know, I just want to say congratulations for kind of picking this up and running with it because it looks like it, it took a lot of work to get it going and to keep it going. So um, I, I'm really excited that uh, that you've come on to tell us about it. No, I appreciate it. And if you ever have any problems or issues, I do have a link on the site. It's a POTA KFF known issues. If you click on that, it gives you a, a tracking list of what we're aware of, what we're, you know, the status of what, what the ticket is and, and if it's closed or if it's still open. And uh, I try to keep that up to date as much as I can. And if you ever have any questions, please, you know, just give me an email at W3AAX at Outlook.com. I'd be happy to answer them as well. Very good, man. Very good. Well, it is an exciting addition to all things ham radio. They call it Parks on the Air North America. It's also known as Worldwide Flora and Fauna, and you can find more about it at parksontheair.com. That is the, the North American website, officially. And I'm sure that we can link from there to the Worldwide site. Would that be a correct assumption without looking at it right here in front of me? Correct. If okay. you just go to the top border, there's a logo for the Worldwide Flora and Fauna. You just click on that, and it takes you straight to the www.ff.co webpage. Okay. Now, before I let you go, I, I saw on the Facebook page that you guys were doing something with radar. And, and I, I learned about radar through Survival Tech Nor Julian, who we're still waiting to. I hope he's listening. Julian, I'm calling you out, man. You promised me you'd come on the show. So, anyway. Uh, Tell us about the connection that that uh, Parks on the Air North America now has with the the radar group. Sure, I'll give you a brief history of how this has happened. Uh, when I got my KX3 and I was interested in doing portable operations since I was in an apartment at the time, I found a guy named Greg Lane, K4KGL in Florida, and he had a website talking about the best way to do portable ops and the things he would run into and I noticed that he was in the radar program and I never heard of it it was about the same time I got into soda and uh, I, I like the, the the rules made sense uh, I like the fact that they track you know how far you're going and what type of vehicle or if you're using a wheelchair or if you're uh, using a canoe how you know you're traveling and making your five QSOs or more and then switching and going to another place and then doing it again it's a uh, 
it's an awesome technique, but they didn't really have a point system or any way to track uh, a lot of the information. And I thought, well, maybe I'll get into that later once it's, there's more development to it. Um, after time, after already establishing this program, uh, I, I ran into uh, Greg again, and I told him about this one, and he uh, was active in National Parks in the Air, and he started to uh, get act, be active in this program. And he said, well, how, would you consider maybe doing a, a joint awards-type program? And I said, that's a good idea. So he actually came up with the Warthog, the Rhino, and the Cheetah um, certificates based off of going to two parks in a 24-hour period, three and five being the Cheetah. And um, it was a, a really cool concept. So I took the concept, talked with Eddie Layton, who uh, is the South African that actually developed the program. That's a Zulu Sugar 6 Bravo November Echo. And um, got his blessing, uh, showed him what I thought as far as the awards, the design of it. My wife is a graphics designer. She helps me a lot with the awards on the side, and she uh, got it put together within a couple of days. I sent it off to him, and he thought, hey, this looks great. You know, Let's get it out there, and uh, just posted it yesterday. So it's uh, it's ironic because I just got my first uh, Cheetah request uh, for the certificate from uh, a gentleman. He's very active in the program, uh, Brian Keith Martin. It's a uh, Kilo Zero Alpha Tango Zulu. And uh, he was the first to get the uh, the five parks in one uh, one sitting. So wow. I congratulate congratulate him already. He was very uh, enthusiastic about it. I would say, man, that's uh, that's going back to uh, that's going back to the guys getting their getting their national parks on the air going on. So congratulations! And it sounds really cool to have uh, just another aspect to this this whole parks on the air. Now I could see that becoming w- will grow very rapidly and quickly. No no pun intended. Uh, just to, just because people want to go out there and see what they can accomplish. Exactly. Any any way I can get more people into the actual activating aspect of the program, the better. Uh, there's always going to be a ton of chasers and hunters, but uh, it's important to get a lot of activity when it comes to the activating and getting out to the parks. And I think this is a good uh, way to uh, give yourself a goal to be more active. A lot of uh, good reasons to be in the portable operations with ham radio is this fitness and, and like you said, learning about survival techniques and, and, and all that. So, yeah. um, hopefully this will help in a lot of people's, you know, life in, in general. Well, whoever knew that, uh, that ham radio, which is considered, you know, like an old man's hobby and, you know, the, the golden corral guys, whoever knew that, uh, <laughs> that, that things like parks on the air and radar would be getting, getting people off the couch, off the, uh, out of the chair in the shack and getting them, activating these parks i think it's really cool and you know it does have benefits all the way around exactly i I, i've i need to lose still 20 30 pounds but uh i'll probably be a lot bigger if i didn't do it that way (laughs) i feel you man i feel you well well, jason it's it's been great to have you on i appreciate you being here with us want to wish you all the best with national with parks i almost said it wrong parks on the air north america you can find him at parksontheair.com. Again, his name is Jason Johnson, and his call is Whiskey 3 Alpha Alpha X-Ray. And uh, maybe we can have you back in and, and get kind of, a, kind of a feedback and see how things have grown and continue to grow for you here uh, throughout the year of 2017. Sure, no problem. I invite you to come on the uh, Facebook page, and uh, I'd like to see uh, Ham Radio 360 get uh, some more uh, subscribers as well. It's been great to talk with you, and I really appreciate the invite. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate you being here. Wish you all the best in 73. And I guess I have to say 44. That's right. 73 and 44, my friend. All right. Thank you, Jason. Hi, Dan, KB6NU here. Whether you're studying for your tech license or looking to upgrade to general or extra, you should check out my no-nonsense amateur radio license study guides. Written in my easy-to-understand, no-nonsense style, They really are the easiest way to learn what you need to know to pass the test. And they are always up to date. The PDF version of the Technician Class Study Guide is free on my website at kb6nu.com slash podcast. And all my study guides are available in print, PDF, Kindle, and EPUB versions. Let me help you have more fun with ham radio. Go to kb6nu.com slash podcast and get started today. Now, before I let you go, I want to share a couple of things with you. So if, if you're already tired of me, 
I appreciate you. You want to check out, but I've got some exciting things to talk about here. I'm going to PodFest. I mentioned it right at the beginning of the show. PodFest is a multimedia expo. It's held in Florida at this big resort kind of a thing. My whole fam is going down. We're really excited. I'm going to be doing the podcast conference. They're doing Legoland and maybe Kennedy Space Center. So if I'm kind of absent at the end of this week, please understand I'm in the middle of doing something I haven't done ever before, and I'm really excited about it. So you know, it's quite an honor for your peers to ask you to come be a part of what they're doing and to share your experiences. So I'm really excited. I also get to catch up with Ken and Dave Jackson, which is always, always destined to be fun when you get those two guys together in the midst of about another 497 podcasters. So it should be exciting. And uh, thank you for listening and for giving me this opportunity to share with you to keep this thing going for about three years or so. And uh, to, for, to help bring around those opportunities to allow me to go out and learn more to bring back to the show and the network as we continue to grow out things here. Speaking of growing out things, um, I wish I was growing out hair on the top of my head, but that's not it. We are working on multiple avenues of things happening. Of course, we can't share all those things right now, but we do want to let you know that Hamvention is happening for us. We're planning to have a booth there. Uh, Actually, my buddy Chris is going up with me from South Carolina, so I'm driving instead of flying this year. Hope to be up there on Thursday. George and Jeremy will be there, and uh, we're going to have a great time. We're going to have a big booth, and, of course, we don't know where it's going to be yet because the uh, the folks with the Hamvention haven't released the opportunity for us to buy those booths, but we're going to, and we're going to have a great time. Also, let me remind you that we've got some new camouflage hats in the uh, web store. And I've already sent some of those out. I've got some on order now. So thank you all of those who have ordered right off the top and hope you like them when you get them. I think they're kind of cool looking. Every one of my kids wanted one. Of course, I didn't get them one, but that's they've got plenty of hats and uh, they've got a lot more hair than I do. Not much to protect. So that's there as well at hamradio360.com. You know, there's a lot of stuff there. Uh, a lot of podcasters want you to go to iTunes and just stay there. I want you to visit hamradio360.com. We have links to every known audio podcast about amateur radio that's available. We have a link to it there. If you go to the link section, as well as our friends who make video podcasting or video shows regarding amateur radio. If I've missed one, please let me know and I'll add it to the list. How about that? Okay. Uh, speaking of our friends letting me know, I've been asking for some emails from some new guys, uh, even some old guys, and I've got a handful. I want to share them with you real quick because, you know, it, it takes your time to sit down and write me a note. And I just want to acknowledge you and tell you thank you. Uh, number one is Dex. And uh, Dex is called Zulu Lima 2 Delta Echo X-Ray. Now, that is a crazy awesome call. Uh, he, he said he's an oldster. Uh, he says he's retired. And uh, he's only three weeks shy of the Half Century Club, so he's been around a while. He wanted to send me a note about his favorite rig, and he says it's uh, it's not quite as old as he is, but it's been with him through some 30 years and several QTH and call sign changes. It's an old Yezu Memorizer FT227 Romeo. And uh, he tells me all about uh, what he's done with this thing. I mean, it's amazing the work that this Yesu radio has done. He's from Christchurch, New Zealand, by the way. And uh, it, it's it's awesome. So that just goes to show you that the latest and greatest are really nice to have. But if you find one that you really like and take care of it 30 years later, it'll probably still be working. Let's see. I've got one here from um, Matthew Murphy. His call is Kilo Charlie 8 Bravo Echo Whiskey. He says he loves the show. He's been telling everybody he knows about it. I got to meet him last year at Hamvention, and I'll have to go look through my pictures to remind myself of who Matt Murphy is. I'm sorry, Matt, dude. I met a lot of people, uh, but if, if we got to shake hands, I hope we got a picture of that together. So his son actually is named Elijah, as is my eldest son, and his son just got his call, passed his tech test. Congratulations, Elijah. His call is Kilo Echo 8 Echo Yankee Whiskey. And Matt says, what a terrible call. Hey, you know what? I didn't like my first call either, but it was my chance. It was my ticket. It was my license to get on the air. So, man, I, whatever you call yourself, Elijah, congratulations, and uh, hope you guys are, are doing good up there. He's been working with his uh, his school club, and uh, they are the Dresden Elementary Amateur Radio Station, and that call is Kilo Delta 8 
November Oscar Mary. So if you guys hear him on the air, please give him a call and tell Matthew and Elijah, congratulations on him getting his ticket. Um, I've got a gentleman in Japan who purchased our first antenna analyzer board in Japan, and we got it over to him, and he's now working on it. I'm, I'm going to mispronounce his name, but I'm going to try it. Yanosuke. And his call is Juliet Alpha 3, Uniform Oscar, Quebec. Now, if I said your name wrong, sir, I'm so sorry, but I really appreciate you purchasing the board from us, letting us know that you're working on it and can't wait to see that one completed. Don't forget Rocket City 3D's making a case for it if you guys need a case for your antenna analyzer. And speaking of the antenna analyzer, we've got some on the way. Uh, I've got some diodes coming from Greece, so that's where I had to go to find them, and, and we're working to get those back in the store. Uh, the next one here is from David Kilo Mike 6 Bravo Echo Golf. He's been enjoying our podcast for the last few months, and he really enjoys the Workbench Show. Doesn't everybody? <laughs> hey, the show on soda with Diet Soda, or our buddy Austin Munger, uh, that was really interesting for him, and he says thanks, Austin, for, for creating that for us. Uh, here we go. Wade Smith from, uh, let's see, Australia just passed his foundation license test, which is really cool. It's kind of like a, a technician license here in the States, except they have no digital privileges, which is really weird, including no APRS. So let's see here, Wade. Uh, you, you may want to go ahead and start planning on the upgrade but congratulations guys this call brand new call is whiskey i'm sorry let me start this over wade smith's call in australia is victor kilo one fox whiskey delta i, I said it wrong i'm going to try it again wade here we go his call is victor kilo one fox whiskey bravo delta so congratulations wade thank you for your note congratulations again on your test and hope you do well there as you progress through the stages of licensing uh this is a let's see here this is from kilo charlie zero zulu romeo whiskey i said it without killing it that's a that's a strange one for me to to get an oscar a zero call out rather without messing it up so pop next one i have here is from uh demian maybe uh kilo charlie zero zulu romeo whiskey Thanks for your APRS show. Just wanted to drop you a quick line to let you know that the show interested me in APRS, and I was able to download an app to an old iPhone and use it as a software TNC. Took an aux cable from my phone, and instead of plugging it into the radio, I connected it to my Baofeng, set the Vox, and I'm transmitting packets. Congratulations. We're working on doing the same thing around here. Appreciate your, appreciate your note there, by the way. Rory, November 6, Oscar, India, Lima. He said that he heard the podcast about Stu with Stuart. This is National Parks on the Air. He really liked it, but he thought I missed an important point about not asking him how he handled logging with the logbook of the world. Now, if if my memory serves me correctly, Rory, and, and I may be wrong here, he was doing a lot of his logging on paper, possibly, and then coming home and putting those in. So um, I, I don't know what he was... Uh, what he was doing about employment there, but <laughs> that was the second part of the question. But I'll find out for Stuart, and I'll get you a direct answer on how he was doing his logging while he was blowing up the national parks on the air. Tim Foy, who is Whiskey One Fox Oscar Yankee, said, Thank you for the latest show. It was an awesome interview with Kilo 6 Alpha Bravo Mike. That was Austin Munger, and uh, we really enjoyed that one too. Man, Austin's his, his new guy in the soda look. That was a great show. Uh, Tim says he's a recently licensed ham by just getting his tech in June and general in December. And he saw uh, much of what he was doing in Austin's interview. He's also recently bought an IC7300 based on us talking about it here on Ham Radio 360. Although he doesn't know what it really does, he's going to figure it out just like Austin did with his KX2. So speaking of KX2s, he's also gotten here into the soda operations and he's hanging out with his buddy November 1 Bravo Oscar X-Ray. And uh, before they even knew it, they were hiking, camping, and talking on the radio. They have grand plans to buy KX2, don't we all, to use on backpacking trips. And they're looking to activate unactivated peaks in New England. Wow, they have mountains up there? I thought it was just the Patriots. Just kidding. Um, so anyway, thank you, Tim, for your email. And it's great to hear from you. Congratulations on your tickets and your upgrade. And we look forward to hearing from you as you progress through SODA. 
Now, the last one I have here to share with you is one that uh, I've never gotten for Ham Radio 360, and I'm going to read it to you verbatim if you'll, if you'll please just give me the time here. Hi, George, Jeremy, and Kel. Hope all is well. Just thought I'd touch base with you regarding your UK Birmingham sibling band, McCauley, introducing their up-and-coming single, Idle Stranger. I've included a link below to their stunning music video, together with a press release for your consideration. These guys have a story and sound like no other. Sincerely, Tony Fergie. Well, thank you, Tony, but we are not that kind of radio show. <laughs> I'm not that kind of girl. Uh, we, we, we don't do music here. That might be something that our friends at Linux and the Ham Shack will be interested in, but I did go check out the song. I'll link it in the show notes. This is a, it's a really great song. It looks like it's two brothers and a sister. That would uh, the, the sibling thing kind of gave me that hint. So uh, we normally don't get those kinds of emails here. Uh, I used to get them all the time when I was on FM radio, but that's been about uh, five years or so. Hey, before I go, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for, for giving me the time there to share with you what's going on. I hope to have an update for you about PodFest on episode number 73. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine that we've done this 73-plus times now? It's hard to imagine, but I sincerely, sincerely appreciate you guys making it worthwhile. Thank you for listening, for subscribing, telling your friends about the show. Yeah, that's the coolest thing you could do. Hey, have you heard about this program? It's called Ham Radio 360. Subscribe. You'll love it. Well, we appreciate it. And in the, when you do subscribe, you get both shows. So you get the uh, Workbench and the 360 show every other week to keep your... Uh, to keep you on your toes, right? Guys, I'm going to go, but again, thank you. Thank you again to Jason for being here with us talking about uh, parksontheair.com. We'll be back in two weeks, episode 73. And until then, God bless every one of you. Thank you so much for listening and 73, y'all. Thank you for listening to the Ham Radio 360 podcast, brought to you by Main Trading Company, Paris, Texas, and by Elecraft.com, hands-on ham radio. To learn more about the show, visit our website, hamradio360.com. 73s, y'all. And now, here's your host. Now, speaking of Ham Radio 360, we have some great sponsors. Main Trading Company down in Paris, Texas has been with us from day one, actually a little before. Uh, it's kind of a long story, but I will tell you, if you need anything Ham Radio related, especially Kenwood gear, man, he's got some great deals on the brand new Kenwood TS50. Did I say TS50? Holy crap. Oh, okay.